Hello everyone and welcome to episode 86 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. I've had a short break, I've been away, I haven't done an episode for about 10 days I think, which has been nice to have a break and reconnect and relax. I've been spending a lot of time out there in nature, which I've been enjoying immensely I can tell you. I am very pleased to be joined today by Dr. Latasha Holden. Latasha, welcome to the show. How are you in Atlanta this afternoon? Hi, I'm well. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. I will uh, do my best job of introducing you. Latasha is a very busy woman with quite a few things going on. So I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version, but then we'll dive into all the many things that Latasha does get involved in. As I said, joining me from Atlanta, Georgia, Dr. Holden is a thought leader, um, is a thought leader and personal development coach with her company, which I love the name of Phoenix Rising. What a brilliant name for a company. A former political candidate and also a prolific author with books ranging from her autobiography, which is her latest release, No Longer Lost, to children's books and even comic books. She just showed me a comic yeah. book. I'm sure I'd like to have another look at that in a minute and personal development training manuals. So, Latasha, I mean, when did you start writing your first book and what made you want to start writing and helping other people with, you know, characters in in, a, in written form? Well, um, just a quick little summary how I got to there. Uh, within the last 12 years, I went from being homeless in the streets of Atlanta with six children to running for city council um, in 2017 election uh, from a GED to a doctorate degree in leadership studies and became a 13 time published author. So it's been a long, busy 12 years. That is a busy 12 years. Wow. It's, it's so you know, homes on the streets with six children. Yes, close to four years. Wow. Yes. That, that must have been such a challenging life. I mean, not just for you, but to have the children with you as well. It, you know what? It, it, it was. I mean, to be homeless close to four years, the mental um, wear that it took upon me was almost unbearable. I was 35 years old. So to be 35 years old uh, with a GED, very little work history, I'm homeless with six kids for close to four years, only, only for me, only by the grace of God, I was able to rebuild my life. Yeah, I mean that is that is crazy. And what was the was there a kind of turning point or a turn around, or I guess it's a gradual thing, right? You you, you kind of work your way out of it. Well, I enrolled in college. Well, I knew I had to do something to change the trajectory of my life. I didn't really know what that was going to look like. I mean, for me, I dropped out of school in the tenth grade, and I had four kids by the time I was twenty-two. So to be thirty-five and in a homeless situation, I remember living in a board-up house with my children and it was, I knew at that point I had to, to try to do something. So I went back to the last place that I had given up and I actually enrolled in college when we was living in a board of house and squatters. Wow. Wow. That is, I mean, I commend you on just turning your life around to start with. Um, and you said, I mean, how old, the, how old, what were your range of children's ages? Was it quite a range to their ages or? Yeah, well, back then I had two kids in high school, two kids in middle school, and two kids in elementary. So when I say I was spread thin, now as of last year, all of my children are eighteen and over. So they're eighteen to thirty-one. So I, 
I'm, I'm at a good place. I've, I've, um, I've taught them the meaning of leadership. So all of them are serving in some form of leadership in their own way. Brilliant. Leadership's a fantastic skill to have, um, yes. particularly if you want to go forth in the world and make a difference. You know, it only takes one person to make a difference in this big, wide world we live in. Now, you said that the kids are all 18 now, so now it's your time, right? Oh my goodness! Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm still right before I came on. I was like, "What am I gonna do with myself?" You know, this is the first time in thirty some years I've been back. You know, to to the place I can remember. I had my first child a week before my seventeenth birthday. So for me, this is a whole new, just phase in my life. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see what God has for me. Yeah, there's always always something new. When you keep your eyes, your ears open, there's always uh, always something new around the corner. <laughs> oh my God. yes. Now I, I know that in um, twenty seventeen you stood as a political candidate and ran for the city council. I guess was that was that in Atlanta, was it? Yes, yes. So uh, I mean what was that experience like running for a, a political position? <laughs> well for me. I was the, I think the experience for me was one, um, it's a testament to your, to one's leadership abilities. To come from homelessness, there was eight of us in that race, and we actually was running for the seat that our now mayor vacated to run for mayor. So it was, and I was the only one that was like from ground, you know, that came from homelessness to run for office. But I think, um, although I did not win that seat, I only lost by a couple of um, 400 some votes. But although I did not win that seat, it was definitely a win for my family to see my I got the pictures and just to see my children, not only my children, but my grandchildren out there campaigning with me was definitely a blessing. But it was my way of standing up for the homeless community, the lack of affordable housing. I remember a quote by Nelson Mandela when he said, how could he enjoy the limited freedom that he had when his sisters and brothers were not free? And so I just believe that God did not bring me that far just for me alone. And so that's what prompted me to run for city council. Mm. Got it, got it. And what a fantastic experience, you know. Yeah. And, and then in 2020 last year, you you won the eight title of the 85th woman in history to hold the title of National Mother of the Year. And look, I saw that title. I thought that's that's a that's a hell of a title, National Mother of the Year. How did you come to win such a title, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute, but I mean, evidently from what you've just told me, you know, from going there on the streets with six kids 12 to 12 years to, you know, uh, the great, great position you're in now in life with, you know, many successful books and, and your own business and things like that, you know, complete turnaround, complete turnaround, but I mean, how was that to win that that title, National Mother of the Year? That must just fill you with pride and joy, not only for you, of course, but for your children. Oh my! I tell you, it's it's one. I believe God did that for me. And I, I'm a, I'm an ordained minister, so I just when is there certain things? First, it's the Amer the organization that nominated me and named me that called American Mothers Inc. American mm -hmm. Mothers Inc. was formed 85 years ago around the President Eisenhower time with his wife and other women of that era. Well, nominations would come in around the world and they would choose one woman from each state to represent their local state. So first I became Georgia Mother of the Year. And out of us 50 plus women that was chosen to represent our individual states last year, the um, executive board go on to choose one of us 
for that year to make National Mother of the Year. And I was called and um, that I was chosen. And I was, I mean, to make United States history as the 85th woman to ever hold that title is, is, is something I, I mean, it was just a blessing to me from God. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that is a, an absolute blessing. And something to be proud of, you know, it's, it's like once you win any kind of title like that, you know, you could look back on it now, five years, three years, 10 years, you still, you always held it. Once you held it, you know, no one can ever yes. take that, that position. It's fantastic. So when did you start Phoenix Rising? How did that come about, your business of, you know, empowerment coaching, motivational speaking, really helping others, I suppose, get towards their goals and, and their dreams? Yeah, well, I started Phoenix Rising last year, you know, before COVID. I'm like, you know, I want to use my gifts outside of my writings to inspire people through my speaking, um, empowerment coaching, and even doing workshops. And so I started Phoenix Rising. I believe everyone has the power to rewrite their story. So my thing is to encourage and empower people that they have the power to change the narrative for their lives. You know, God, you know, just like I did. Now the work, like you said, the name of your show, the hustle has to be there. You have to put the work in in order to see the results. So that's why I started Phoenix. Yeah, sure do have to put the work in that. That's no doubt about that. And then, has there been many many challenges along the way since you started your your business? Well, like you know, with COVID, it, it, it closed a lot of things down last year. Um, you know, where you can go and do uh, in person speaking, and so that's when I came out with my comic book. You know, when we first went on lockdown last year, I want a creative way to encourage people that God is still with us. And so it's a short, um, uh, the average comic book is about maybe 20 pages. This is 10. So it's a mini comic book, but it's got a powerful message in it. And so, yeah, I would just enjoy uh, creating this, the Light Share Rule Christian comic book. So this definitely was one of the things that I got a chance to do. And then, like you said, my life story came out last year when I became Georgia National Mother of the Year. You see the seal there. And then the leadership book. So yeah, last year was a busy, it was a year of resting. Cause Jake, I need some rest. That, when, when you have pushed and hustled for 12 years to keep six kids from the prison to uh, to school to prison pipeline and drugs and drinking. So yes, last year to me was a much needed restful year, but God also used that year as a year to, of rewards as well for my uh, faithfulness. Well, if it was a year of rest and you got that much done in a year of rest, I'd, I'd be almost <laughs> proud to say what you get done in a year of um, no rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can appreciate that, though. You know, after, after that time raising six kids and, and no doubt all the all the things that come with that, you know, good and bad, of course. Um, yeah, you, your time when they're all 18, you've got your time, your freedom, and that deserves to be enjoyed and cherished. And, yeah. and of course, uh Relax, recharge them batteries. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, I for for me as a mother for the mother side, I just never thought I would see this time. But it was um my, my main priority before I started business, started doing was to just just liberate my children first as a leader. So, they, yeah, they either serving in the military, college students, authors, entrepreneurs, and so I'm just decided that they took the leadership principles that I taught them and they're running with it. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And what was, you know, what was the driving thing in that, you know, when you were in the struggles of, you know, I think it's amazing as well. It, it amazed me earlier to think that 
you know, you're living in a boarded up house, but you still go to college, kids are still going to school, you know, you're still keeping things going, still keeping things moving, still keeping, although the home situation perhaps wasn't, you know, ideal, you're still managing to keep all the other, all the other kind of, uh, kind of, I guess you could say normalities, familiarities of life, you know, school routine, things like that going, which is fantastic. But, you know, I'd imagine there was a lot of challenges in that, a lot of times where you really had to dig deep and, and what really drove you, what kept driving you to to persevere and not give up? Because, look, a lot of people could have given up in that situation and ended up with a very different outcome. I'm going to be honest with you now. You definitely said a mouthful there. I definitely did want to give up. I remember the journey got so hard that I walked into a hospital here, and I and I told the lady at the dead, the front desk, I said, ma'am, I can't do this anymore. She said, ma'am, are you saying you want to commit suicide? I said, yes, ma'am. They kept me for a week for observation. You know, like you said, after a while, it's one thing when you're struggling for a month, couple of weeks, but what happens when it becomes years? So for me, it, like you said, the mental stress of it definitely started to wail me. But I just remember I had 12 eyes watching me. And when they released from me from the hospital, I just kept going. And before I knew it, I had matriculated through college with my AA, my BA, my MBA. But when I got accepted into the PhD program for leadership studies, now, Jake, I did want to bungee jump up to heaven. High five, my man. I never thought <laughs> I'd see that day. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. How long did the process take you from, you know, since you enrolled in college there at the start to get your PhD? Well, um, it took about 10 years. Halfway through the PhD program, I got a call from the dean. And the dean had called me into the office and said, well, Latarsha, we, we, um, we got some bad news and good news. He said, well, the good news is whatever you're trying to do, you've done. You've been in school 10 years, 10 full years. Um, but the bad news is you have depleted your funds, so you won't be able to finish the Ph.D. program. I walked out. I was running for city council at the time when I got that call and uh, oh, a year before, I, right before I started running for city council. But six months into me running for city council, I received a call from Dr. Carton um, uh, Jackson with um, G. Moore Theological Institute. I was trying to remember his name. Carton Davis. Sorry. Dr. Carton Davis. And he said, Dr. Holden, I said, sir, I didn't finish the PhD program. I had like a year left. He said, Dr. Holden. He said, let me get this straight. Did you lead a family of six plus yourself out of homelessness and now your kids are leading leadership possessor? Yes, sir. He said, did you write 12 books? I seen a newspaper article where you did events in the community as leaders to show your kids how to be leaders. And he said, and now you're running for city council. He said, Dr. Holden, that's not a dissertation that can have done what you have did you have exemplified leadership. And I was at the hair salon, Jake. So I can't, I'm, I'm like, he said, we're not giving you anything. You have earned your doctorate. God makes certain, um, I guess, uh, you know, changes for certain, you know, he, he saw you. And um, so that was how, but for me, I was in school 10 years from the start, from when I enrolled in homelessness and when I um, did a year in the PhD program. You certainly earn your stripes there. So yeah, you know, earn your stripes. It's you know actions always speak louder than words, and I think your actions predicated, you know, your 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 results there at the end of the day. People could see that you weren't just wanting yes. to get this qualification at a you know a college level. It was like you were already actually out here doing yes. work, doing the leadership work. You already made a massive step in not just turning your life around, but of course turning your life around for your children as well, or at least allowing them, you know, giving them pathways. Yes. So that 
I ended up, you know, living in a in a successful position, which is again what we all really all strive for, right? Happiness and success, love, yeah. relationships, health, wealth, all of those things. You know, whatever position you choose to put them in, health <laughs> probably the start, of course, because if you haven't got that, you haven't got much else. But um, these are all things we strive for, and uh, I can I can see exactly why that gentleman called you up and said, "Hey, don't worry about the rest of it. You got it." <laughs> yeah, because he was like. What can a paper, you know, and not to take away for those who did the dissertation. I mean, but I think I think, you know, for me, getting a was getting a PhD in leadership studies. I, I don't I don't know. I, like he said, I mean, what you've done was exemplary. I mean, I don't know what a, a research paper could have did instead of your life experience. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to ask you now about some big. Uh big triumphs and, and wins along the way and no doubt there's a few but is it is there is a one or one of these moments that we've been talking about you know that really sticks out to you one that you really cherish as as like a, a big big win um well i think you touched on it becoming national mother of the year it's one thing when you become you represent your local state but to become national mother of the year when you just 12 years ago you was i was homeless and now representing the strength of women and mothers all around the world. I think to me, that's probably the biggest. I've, I've received proclamations from the city, um, countless awards featured in many magazines. But I think to me, that spoke to the, my my leadership, serving leadership as a mother. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it is absolutely. It's a, just a fantastic story and a, and a great turnaround. And it's interesting, actually, because I actually didn't know um, I didn't know that part. That part wasn't in in, in the stuff I read about you beforehand. So it was cool. <laughs> it's cool for me to find out live, just like everyone else is listening to this and then <laughs> explore the story. So yeah, if you've just joined us, folks, you you will need to rewind back to the beginning of this and to hear Latasha's story of how she was once living with six kids in an abandoned house and and went on to write a dozen books, run for run for office in the city council and win the title of Mother of the Year. Yeah. National Mother of the Year, sorry, in America. Amazing story. Now we're gonna talk about the word hustle. Yes. The word hustle, of course, features in the title of this podcast as the hunger for the hustle. I would love to know how you, Latasha, define that word hustle and what's driven your hunger for it for the years. Oh my goodness, the way I would define hustle is when you're not letting anything stop you from from uh, accomplish your dreams and goals. For me, I, I, I was I was set on you know I had my you know my my laser focus, and and it, and it's not about chasing. One thing I like to say well hustle hustle don't mean you chasing perfection. I say chasing purpose and not perfection. When you're hustling, you're chasing purpose. You're not trying to be perfect. Had I waited till I, I was everything was perfect, I would have never accomplished anything. You know we lived in shelters cars, abandoned house, the, the, the house is sh uh, a squatters. So hustling means by any means necessary, I'm going to go out there and fight for my dreams. Love that. Love that. I love that. Every time I ask that question, I get a different answer because it's just <laughs> a different thing to everyone. But um, yeah, just going out there, no matter what, fighting for your dreams. Fighting for your dreams. Because it's, it's like, it's your dream, right? It's no one else's dream. No one else can mm -hmm. do it for you. And I'm sure you understand that more than yeah. anyone. <laughs> no one else is going to do this. No one else is going to do this for you. And yeah. you just got to go out there and fight for it tooth and nail. 
and uh, and you really you really did that. You really did that. You really have done that. So I think it's you know I think I think the I think the world needs more ladies, not only ladies but men like you as well. You know who 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 just fight, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep the vision, keep dreaming. You know, keep the dream present in their mind and and in their vision and work towards it. That's the only way to to accomplish things. You know because they're not going to be easy. They're going to be they're going to get hard along the way. I know I know I don't. <laughs> that I'm really talking to the guys that are listening now but you know things are going to get tough along the way and yes. if you don't understand you know what the goal is what the long-term vision is then you can waver and when you start wavering you start asking what you what, what it's all for what you're all doing it for and then before you know it you can become quite quickly demotivated in, in what your goals and dreams actually are so I don't know about you Natasha but uh Everything I'm working towards, I write on it daily. I usually write it down daily, write the goal down daily. I definitely read it multiple times a day as well. And it, that helps to keep it present in my mind and keep me focused on the task at hand. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, one of my undergrad professors told the class that the world belongs to those who are disciplined. So for me, um, I've, homelessness have taught me the art of discipline. My first 12 books I wrote within a year and a half, you know, how to stick to the pace of, of you know, once with I enrolled in college, I was homeless two years. We was homeless two years before I enrolled and two years during my undergrad. How so discipline, discipline is the key. That's like um when you first working out and that muscle get to hurt, you stop because of the pain. You got to work through that pain. And for me, I tell you, Jake, if it was left up to me and I probably didn't have keys, I probably hid in a corner somewhere because I didn't know what to do. But I just knew I had six people um looking up to me to to bring us out of that situation yeah no, i think that's fantastic it's a, it's a good analogy there actually that you use about fitness and um yeah when things start aching you know you go on that <laughs> run i've been on one for a while you're like i've been on one for a while here why did i go for one now i'm just aching i'm in pain i'm not gonna do that again but you have to push through that that's yeah. for your body and, and and growing from from the and the damage you've caused it from what you've done. So I know that. I'll tell you what, last year was um, an interesting one that the fitness and the exercise fell off, brought it back this year in a big way. <laughs> new year. You know, like everyone does, though, don't they? Everyone does it like new year, new me, all that kind of rubbish. Um, <laughs> hey, look, it's cool. I'm not dissing anyone out there. If you've got new year, new me, Honey, if you're still at it, it's the 8th of Feb by now, you're doing great. Most people get a couple of weeks, three weeks into January, and they're done. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's good. I know I'm still going, and, and I'll be – because I was always someone who was into fitness and, and health and actually kind of likes the pain of it because I know okay. when I'm in the growth, right? I know, I know I've been working hard enough to get the results. Last year it fell off. This year it's back in a big way. And then I think it's about, you know, discipline – particularly with exercise, it's actually about making a lifestyle change, right? It's not about going, okay, I'm going to do this diet for X amount of weeks or maybe even a month because then you haven't actually changed the habit. You've just taken up a temporary one <laughs> and you're saying that you're going to slip back into it or you're going to get the same results again. So it's about making a lifestyle choices and changes to live a happier, healthier, and hopefully much longer life as well. Oh, my goodness. You know, I haven't got that part figured out yet because I haven't got past. We all got our weaknesses working out. I haven't got past the pain. <laughs> so hopefully this year I'll be 49 in June if it's the Lord's will. 
hopefully this year now I, I can push myself past that pain, Jake. Hopefully I can start. That's one of my goals to get past the pain and working out. But um, I definitely got to learn discipline in that one. <laughs> we've, all got, we've all got our things, right? We've yes. got the things that we excel at and then some things that we need to work a little bit harder on to get that that balance. Right. I heard yeah. it like, um, you know, you've got your health, wealth, relationships, and of course inside those things, they encompass many things, but you want to try and keep the balance. People want to try, try and keep the balance perfect. Mm, that's pretty difficult to do, right? Yeah. Maybe one that's drawing you more than the other, but keeping it balanced to a level that you, you feel you're happy with and being aware of it that perhaps one area is lacking and the other area needs some work, you know, building up in, in the wealth area or the health area and or, you know, maybe even the and, and wealth, you know, wealth doesn't just mean money, it means exactly you know, wealthy in many different areas, you know, happiness, love, wealthy, insecurity, you know, all these kind of things. But you've got to you know, it's like, it's like the samurai, you know, they believe that per perfection is a thing and it exists, but it's never attainable, but they're always working yeah. towards it. <laughs> that kind of concept, like I can I can never quite get to perfection because nothing is is absolutely exactly. perfect. But yeah. oh, it doesn't stop me going for it anyway. Exactly. Hmm. If you had to start again tomorrow, you know, if you started writing, let's say, I know you're at 12 books in, in less than a year, but if you had to start, Again, over tomorrow, would you do anything different? Um, I think I would have started to believe in myself a little earlier. I, I, I think in the beginning, I was in survival mode, you know, mm. to, to, to actually, I'm not going to act like when I started home, I'm for run for city council. I'm for the, no, no, no. <laughs> I was in survival mode. I didn't even, for me to drop out in the fifth, in the 10th grade, and here I am 35 years old enrolling in college. It, it was survival mode. I was just trying to go back to the last place. So for me, I think I would start believing in myself a little bit more, you know, um, working, you know, just, just working on my self-confidence. And I know people say, well, you don't do this and that. But when you've been in the pit and the dungeon for so long, the residue is still there. You know, to say I came out of homeless and I'm just all, yeah, I'm this. No, I had to still pour into myself. You're awesome. You're this. You know, so for me, I think I would have worked on um, not listening to anybody, which I didn't. Nobody. I just I just wanted to love me more. I think I would have started there. I think I would have started at a place of self-acceptance a long time ago. And I, I think that's why I wish I could go back and do different. Yeah. Yeah. Self-acceptance, self-love. And, yeah. and then. You know, therefore, self belief as well. Did you kind of were the parts where you were kind of borrowing? You know, other people around you believed in you, and you kind of borrowed their belief before you completely believed in yourself. Was that something that kind of came up? I really didn't have. I mean, I'm born and raised here in Atlanta, and I have family members, but no one really believed in me because I, 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 I mean, I guess 35 with six kids homeless with a GED. Maybe they were like, "What is that lady trying to do? She's trying to go to college. She's trying to." So what I did, Jake. I chose three women to be my silent mentors. And so that I can look up to, you know, and I cut their pictures out and, and I put it on a uh, on my mirror that I had on my phone. So I chose Michelle Obama, Felicia Rashad and Coretta Scott King. And it was just these three women I admire for different reasons. And that I just wanted to grow into, you know, a little bit of each, you know, just their characteristics. And so that's how I was able to have mentors. I just chose three people that I didn't know, but I but I looked up to. 
and I just studied them and, and saw how they dress and care of themselves. And so they became my mentors. That's a great way to do it. It's a fantastic way to do it, right? Find mm -hmm. some people that you look up to and respect and go, you guys are my mentors. Um, don't, don't need to hear from you. You just are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can read about them. You can study their life, and which I did, you know. I read about them. I studied their life, you know, and just watch how they care themselves in their professional lives and their person, you know. And definitely, Felicia Rashad was definitely my main one that 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 stood out to me out the three. No, I think that's brilliant. It's a good way to to adopt it and keep you on track, you know, and, yes. and just, yeah, keep the belief present. <laughs> they say, um, you know, they say if you if you want a shortcut how to get to something or how to do something, just find someone who's already done it. Yeah, and take and you know, copy uh, copy the parts that they've done. I've got a friend. Uh, Barry Overton, he says, uh, no one wants to be a copycat, but if you're copying the right cat, then that's okay. And that that's that, that's right. If you, a lot of people don't have access to celebrities and you know have influential people in their family. So for those who are watching and don't have that, choose someone that you look up to, study them, their mannerism. You know, it ain't that you you just have somebody that you know walk the walk the way you want to carry yourself. And so that's why I did. I just chose those three. Yeah. That's a good idea, and, and it clearly works. <laughs> <laughs> now, what else? You're a busy lady. You got a lot going on. The kids are all grown now. They're doing a lot of them are doing their own thing. All of them, by the sound of things, particularly your your daughter. Actually, I'd love to have your daughter on the podcast. You said she was 19 and she's written four books. Is that right? Yes. She well, she became a two-time published author by the time she was 16. So now she's written four, I mean, two more. I mean, she's an entrepreneur and I'm, and I can't wait till you have um, my old, I mean, my son um, that's 31. He served 10 and a half years in the Marines. He's a second year college student. Um, my other son, Words, my daughter's an EMT. She's a licensed pharmacy tech. She's in her third year of college. My other daughter is serving her third year in the army. And uh, she graduated last year with her bachelor's. And my youngest son, Jake, he's 18. He, his name is Omega. He's the last in the end, Jake. There's no more coming after Omega. Omega is <laughs> <laughs> a senior in high school. And um, to see all of them being leaders in their own path and serving the military, and all, it's, it's, it's a blessing. I just thank God that he's allowed me to see this time. Yeah, no, I think it's wonderful, wonderful. And I I can't help but wonder where your daughter got the inspiration to write so many books from. <laughs> Mother's footsteps. Yes, yes, she definitely. And my nine-year-old grandson just became a published author right before Christmas. So now my children's children are being inspired. So I'm just, oh my goodness. So yeah, Georgia Mother, you're national. I mean, yeah, to, yeah. I'm so what's next for you? What's 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 Natasha Holden? You know, what's some goals, dreams, aspirations? What's coming? I know there's um, got to be something cooking back there. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> to grow my business, um, get more speaking engagements, sell my, like I said, my my no longer loss um, from homelessness to overcomer. This book here, um, it, it's, it's a jewel. It, it would definitely inspire people. So just really, uh, my book just came out a couple of months ago. And so just really trying to get that out. And um, yeah, so sell more books and book more paid speaking engagements. No, sounds sound simple enough. <laughs> yeah, that sometimes you don't, you know what? I've learned, I've learned on my homeless journey, things don't have to be complicated. 
You know, I think a lot of times we think everything got to be so complicated for it to be magnificent. I'm just, I have learned how to enjoy the journey. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. Yes. Enjoy the journey. Trust the journey. Take yeah. the lessons. There's so much for it to teach you. I think sometimes we can get caught up in things like, like you said there, the complexities of it and the layers of it, that in fact it passes us by and we don't actually enjoy the present mm -hmm. moment we're in because we're not present, right? We don't enjoy the journey. It just passes us by and flies by. And um, staying present, yeah, it's key. Helps you enjoy that journey, helps you slow it down, helps you rationalize, helps you not be driven by emotions or, yes. or get too excited um, and caught up in about what's to come or particularly what's, you know, be anxious about what's already happened in the past. Yeah, it's, um, it's something that you have to just figure out for yourself, right? It's not one of those yeah. things that, Someone, you know, I can sit here and say, and you can say, and the people can listen to us and, and probably agree. But until you actually put it to the test yourself, yes, or be at either end of that scale and go, I'm actually really lost in the past, I'm really anxious and upset about what happened in the past, or I'm actually a little bit nervous and possibly even anxious about the future, what's going to go on in the future, and be in either of those spaces and not get much back from them. So, come back to being the, in the present space. And, and be, be be comfortable with the journey but look that's something i'll share with you as well you know again speaking gigs is uh not hard to get a speaking gig particularly on the on the on the virtual stage um, can be harder to get one that aligns with exactly you know you the kind of audience you want to speak to yes. but uh the paid paid speaking gigs they're a little bit more difficult <laughs> well i did the free stuff so <laughs> and i'll put the work in but um one thing you were saying about the journey um if COVID hasn't taught us anything, it, it's what's really important. You know, when we went, when we leave, we can't take anything with us. Every, it's like this, this stuff, your house, it's just loan to you for your duration that you're here. If you know, it's nothing that you can take with you. So I'm just, I'm just, this is a new place for me, you know, to be someone that raised kids in a comfort. I'm just, I'm just in, taking the time to smell the roses. I'm not in competition with anyone. I'm not trying to, as I, but I do, I keep my blinders on so I don't look to the runners to the right or to the left to see who's doing what. I'm just running my race so I can hear at the end of my journey, you know, well done, that good and faithful service. That's, I'm just running my race. That's it. That's all you can do, run your own race, right? Yeah. Run your own race. I like that. <laughs> I think we might, I, I usually ask another question at the end actually here, or we'll ask it, but um, I mean, that would have been a great moment to wrap up on, but I do want to ask <laughs> I think, I think that you've written so many books in, in in such a you know short amount of time that you must have some hot tips, and I'll ask you for three for anyone that is looking to write, publish their own book, bring their own book out. Well, the, the, how I was able to write the 12 books within a year and a half, um, for, for me, you got to, first tip is know what you want to write and why. Um, my life story, of course, I want to share and inspire the people um, to, to give them hope. My children's books, I want to treat kindness and, and, and um, diversity and friendliness amongst the kids. So you got to know why you're writing. It's not about being perfect. It's about starting. Um, so one thing, know why. Um, then sometimes you just have to start the second tip, just start writing. Sometimes you don't really have a, a title. Just start writing and the title will come to you sometimes in the end. Um, third thing, I know a lot of people say I don't have the time. I'm an empowerment coach. I'll, if you want to book me to help coach you through this, I can have you done 
um, within 30 days, you know, if you're ready to really become focused. Third thing, just no time will ever be the right time to do it. Just do it. Just, just, you know what? I want to write a book. I can help you write out your life story. How to stay when you're writing. One of the things I would say, stay, you need probably someone to help you to stay. I would say on track because writing, you can be all over the place and you just writing, just, you got to write with a purpose and a message. And sometimes having a coach definitely will help you. And I'm looking forward to anybody want to reach out to me and book me to help as their empowerment coach. We can do this and I can get you going. Yeah, well, that's a good segue because that leads me to dropping your website in the comments there for anyone that wants to connect with Natasha. And you just want to tell the folks, for anyone that's listening back on the audio, the best place to connect with you? Yes, um, I'm on make three major social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, if you want to order any of my books, if you go on my website, you can get autographed copies, but they are available on Amazon. So you can visit me at www.drlatarshaholden.info. You can um, email me if you want to book a um, coaching session. Uh, Latarsha Holden at yahoo.com. If you want to call, my assistant would definitely love to get your information. That's 404 838 9587. Let's do it. Love the way you give the phone number out. No one does that these days. Natasha, <laughs> <laughs> it's been great to speak to you. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your story. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me, Jake. My pleasure. Folks, thanks for listening, whether whatever platform you're listening on, whether you're listening, watching the video, listening to the audio, whether it's now on the, on the 2nd of February 2021 or it could be many years into the future, who knows, but please give it a like, please give it a comment and please give it a share to someone else that you think might get some value from it. Thanks for listening. Stay hungry and keep hustling, folks. <laughs>